You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, grab your Bibles this morning. Look with me to Romans chapter 12. You can take the sermon notes if you'd like. You can follow along. We'll get to them eventually. We'll get to Romans 12 eventually. So if you're starting in Matthew, about six, seven books in, you'll come to the book of Romans. Well, today we are... <clears throat> We are concluding the DNA of Relationship series as we talk about the challenge of restoring broken relationships. You know, relationships are are like so many other things in our lives that if you engage long enough, you're going to have to deal with relational breakdowns. Either people will fail us or we fail them, right? Either people will injure us or we injure them. Either people will say things about us that that hurt, that cut, that wound, or we say things about other people. I mean, it's, it, it is the reality that wherever you have relationship, you're going to have to deal with relationships that go south. So just so I know who I'm talking to today, how many of you would say in the process of life, you have had to deal at least one time with broken relationships? Okay, if, if you're not raising your hand, let me tell you what you are. You're living in a state of denial. <laughs> or maybe you've been kind of like living on an island under yourself. But then it is the reality. So therefore, we need to talk about this. So what do we do with this? What do we do when relationships, the marriage relationship or the parenting relationship or the family relationship or the church relationship, when it takes a turn and heads south, when we have this strained, broken relationship, how do we deal with that? The concept of restoring or restoration means to bring back, uh, to bring back to or to put back into a former original state. That's the concept of restoration. So for example, let's say that you're walking along, you fall, you break a bone in your arm. So now you have a broken bone in the arm. So you go to the doctor. What does the doctor do? He resets the bone and he puts a cast on the arm until the bone can heal. What's he doing? He's restoring that which was broken back to its former state concept of restoration. Let's say you're driving down the road and you have an automobile accident. Certainly it's not your fault. It's their fault. But the reality is, is your car has been wrecked. So now you have a wrecked car. What do you do with the wrecked car? You take it to a body shop in a resting, often called a restoration shop. What are they going to do? They're going to take that which is wrecked and restore it back to its original form. Hopefully they're going to do that really well for you. But that's the same concept. Because in life, what do we end up with? We end up with wrecked relationship. Again, all of us have been there. We could talk about, we could tell the stories, we could even show the battle scars, the wounds that we have had as a result, that we've experienced as a result of, of broken relationships, wrecked relationships. Again, it happens at all levels. In this series, we talked about the marriage relationship, the parenting relationship. We talked about community last week. In the midst of all of the wonder and the blessing of that, we have the reality of, at times, relationship doesn't work so well. At times, injury happens. And if we, if we don't address the injury, if we don't address the broken relationship, oftentimes this is what happens, resentment settles in. And then from resentment we end up with a root of bitterness that 
that finds its way into our lives. Why? Because we have a broken relationship. There's a point of injury that has not been addressed. And when there's a root of bitterness that settles into your life, this is basically what happens. You've opened your life wide open for the enemy to come in and wreak havoc through that root of bitterness. You've opened the way. Why? Because there's an issue that hasn't been dealt with. There's this strained, broken relationship that needs to be addressed. So with the joy and blessing of relationship comes the challenge. The challenge of restoring broken relationships. Because we're all flawed to some degree. And that's what I know about everyone in the room today, including myself. We all are flawed to some degree. We all have issues to some degree. Listen, it's not just your other family members that are dysfunctional. You are too. It's true. Mamma, turn to your neighbor and say, you're dysfunctional. It's true. And again, that's what creates it. Listen, hear me, friends. If we were all perfect, if we were all perfect, then we wouldn't have to deal with relational breakdown. If we were all perfect and we did everything right all the time, then we wouldn't have issues. The very reason we have issues is we're flawed individuals. That brings us to these relational breakdowns, these relational crises. And I would want you to know today that relationships are always worth restoring. Not only that, God expects us to work at maintaining healthy relationships whenever possible. For this reason, it's interesting how much of the New Testament speaks to maintaining healthy relationships. Restoring broken relationships. Investing in... It's amazing. There's scripture after scripture. Now, before we get to Romans 12, let me give you a couple other verses of scripture. This one comes from Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Listen as I read this. If you've got anything out... If you've got anything at all out of following Christ. So let me stop there and ask that question. Have any of you received anything? Have you got anything at all out of following Christ? Okay, so this scripture's talking to you. Would you agree with that? If you've got anything at all from following Christ, Paul goes on to say, if his love has made any difference in your life. So has the, has the love of Christ made any difference in your life? I think we would all say, absolutely it has. He goes on to say, if being in the community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Get this, agree with each other, love each other, and be deep-spirited friends. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited, being connected in vital, life-giving relationships. So as, as Christians, we have a responsibility before God to work at restoring broken relationships, although we can't force others to reconcile. In other words, you can't always get to restoration. Why? Because there may be someone else, the other side of the party, that's not willing to work toward restoration. But listen, as far as it depends on you, listen, God, you're never going to have to be accountable for someone else. You're never, you're never going to have to stand before God and give an account of someone else from your life. But you are going to have to give an account for your own life. As to how you responded to relationships that you're a part of that have become broken. That means, that means we have to be willing to have the difficult conversations. We, we have to be willing to give mercy and grace to others. We have to be willing to work at keeping our relationships healthy. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, 
The scripture reads like this. Make every effort to live at peace with all men. Make every effort. Look at that on the screen. Make every effort. What do you think? What do you think the author of Hebrews meant by that? Make every effort. Make every effort. Okay. So I would agree with that, Mary. How about a little broader than that? Do all you can. Do all you can. Do your best. Go out of your way. Go out of your way. All is all. Say it again. All is all. All is all. Yep. Look it up in the Greek. It all plays out the same. All is all. Be vulnerable. I like that. It means doing what you should do, even if you don't want to do it, even if you don't feel like doing it. You do it anyway. So we're engaging the process. So make every effort. It's what the scripture make every effort on your part. Make every effort to live at peace with all men. And then in Second Corinthians chapter five. We have this verse of scripture. It's on the screen. So I'm going to invite you to read this with me. Let's read this together. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and called us to settle our relationships with each other. Now, how many of you would say you're grateful that God has settled the relationship between you and him? Amen. That he came... He came, or he sent his son on our behalf that we might be reconciled to him. In, in other words, that our sin penalty might be paid for, that we might be made right with God. Now, notice the last part of the verse. He's called us. He's directed us. He's charged us to do what? To settle our relationships with each other. In other words, to deal with these, these broken relationships. Listen, when strife interferes with our relationships, it can affect every area of our lives in a detrimental way. In other words, if there's, if there's broken relationships, it affects like other relationships. It's like if I'm driving a nail and I happen to hit the wrong nail being my fingernail... It's amazing how this one part of my body, I didn't hit my whole body with a hammer. I just hit this one little part of my body with a hammer. It's amazing how this one little part of my body lets the rest of my body know we got a problem, right? (laughs) It's kind of the same way as we think about relationships. If we have this area of broken, strained relationship, it kind of feeds into our other relationships. It affects every area of our lives. So let's look to God's word this morning and make some discoveries as to how we can work at restoring broken relationships. Romans, Romans chapter 12, I think Paul gives us some great insight and some great advice, beginning with verse 17. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Notice verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
Well, what challenging words when we think about those who've hurt us or failed us or injured us. Usually the last thing we want to do is work at restoring the broken relationship. Or if, if you flip the coin and you're the one that's created the injury, you're the one that's created the hurt, you're the one that's created the pain, usually we're not quick to move toward restoration. We're not quick to, to seek out that, that individual that we might have restoration. However, we have this biblical charge that says, if it is possible with you, as far as it depends on you, in other words, the ball's in your court, Live at peace with everyone. So again, God expects us, He's holding us accountable to take action when it comes to relational crisis. So this morning, I want to give you five steps to restoring broken relationships. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. Maybe there's seven steps. Maybe there's 12 steps. But these five steps are always critical when we think about restoring broken relationships. Now let me walk you through this this morning. The first is this. The first step is you want to talk to God before you talk to the person. You want to talk to God before you talk to the individual. You want to spend some time like hanging out with God, reflecting on, praying through the situation, even praying for the individual. Don't pray hellfire and damnation on them. Pray that God's favor and grace would come to their lives. Pray for them that they would receive the very thing that you would want to receive from God. And it's amazing how as you begin to pray for them, God has the ability to change your own heart and to work in your own life. But before you talk to the individual that you have an issue with, where there's the injury, talk with God. And why would we do that? Why don't we talk with others? I know you wouldn't gossip, but maybe your neighbor would. Why would we talk with others before we talk with God? Or why would we even try to address the situation without first getting insight from God? I mean, think about this. God created you. Would you agree with that? He's given you life. He, he knows exactly how you're wired. In other words, He knows your DNA, your makeup, your personality, how you think, how you focus, how, or how you process life. He knows everything about you. Not only does He know everything about you, but that individual you have an issue with, He knows everything about them as well because He created them. He knows their DNA, their makeup, how they think, how they process Not only that, God is like all-knowing. Not only is He all-knowing, He has wisdom. Not only does He have wisdom, but the Scripture says He is wisdom. So, my goodness, why wouldn't you talk to God before you talk with the individual? To seek His guidance. That's where we want to start. You know, James 1.5 says this, If any man lacks wisdom, what should he do? Ask God. And God gives freely. So first to seek His guidance. I think secondly, to receive his healing. Talk with God before you talk with the individual to receive his healing. Because oftentimes, when relationships break down, individuals end up injured, hurt, internal woundedness. And what I've discovered is most of the time, if we're operating out of woundedness, we don't process things very well. So as we talk with God before we talk with the individual... It really gives opportunity for God to heal the wounded places in our lives, in our hearts, so that we can, in a healthy way, have conversation about the situation. So first, first, talk with God 
before talking to the person. And after you've talked with God, then you're ready for the second step. Here's the second step. Always take the initiative to seek restoration. Take the initiative. Romans 12:18 says, again, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Notice the phrase, as far as it depends on you. In other words, the ball's in your court. What are you going to do about it? As far as it depends on... Listen, Scripture doesn't say as far as it depends on others, does it? It's as far as it depends on you. So what are you going to do? How are you going to respond? What action are you going to take? You, listen, the Scripture calls us to make the move. After we've talked with God, we need to initiate action to seek reconciliation. That, what does that mean? It means this. It means you need to make the phone call. It means you need to send the email. You need to set up the meeting. You need to initiate the conversation. Listen, what you don't want to do is you don't want to allow the issue to go unaddressed. I mentioned earlier what happens. Unaddressed issues brings resentment. Resentment opens the way for this bitter root. It's root of bitterness to settle into your life. So make the move. Take the initiative. In Matthew 5, 23 and 24, Jesus gives us some great insight, some great counsel. Listen as I read this. Jesus said, therefore... If you're offering your gift at the altar, if you're in a place of worship, and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. Leave, leave that, worship, that place of worship. He says, first, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then, then, then you're ready to offer your gift. Listen, this is what Jesus knew. He knew that it's difficult to be right with God if you're not right with others. Let me say it again. Jesus understood that it's difficult to be right with God if you're not right with others. Therefore, he says, if you're in worship, you bring your gift to the altar and you remember, wow, there's this unresolved issue. There's this broken relationship. Jesus said, make it first priority. Take the initiative, act. Go seek that individual out so that you can work toward restoring that relationship. You can work toward bringing healing in that which is, has been divided. Now recently, recently my big fat mouth got me in trouble, which often happens. Um, I was in a meeting with a few staff members, the pastoral staff members, and, and I said something um, that was... Direct and it was cutting. And I, I mean, as soon as I said the words, you know, you can see at times facial expression. I saw the facial expression. I knew that I just wounded one of our staff members, one of our, one of my teammates. Certainly not intentional. It, it's not like I was trying to be mean. It it just happened out of my humanity. It happened, and and so before the day was out, I had contacted the individual. We were not able to meet in that day. But we set a meeting that day to meet again to talk about the issue. And I sat down with this staff member and I replayed the situation. I said, I'm, I'm so sorry that I said that in that way. That wasn't what I meant to say. And I, I simply asked him to forgive me for my big fat mouth that got me in trouble. 
My, my point is what? You, 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 you seek... You seek to restore. You take the initiative to get this ball rolling. You don't wait for others. After you talk with God, what? You need to make your move, whatever that might look like. Because we have a responsibility to always take the initiative to move broken relationships to a place of health. Here's a third critical step in restoring broken relationships. It's this. Don't repay wrong with wrong, but choose to give grace and mercy. You know, if we're honest this morning, our human tendency is to want to treat others the way we've been treated. Right? Come on, don't look so holy this morning. I know you're just like me. Set aside from the Spirit of God in our lives, left our own humanity, we want to treat others the way they've treated us. What does that mean? If they hurt us, we want to hurt them. You bring pain in my life, double the pain back to you. You slander me, I've got some good words for you. I mean, that's our humanity. That's kind of our natural tendency. The problem with this course of action is that when we take this course of action, when we're paying wrong for wrong, evil for evil, we'll never be able to restore broken relationships. The issues are actually going to elevate, like, uh, and the divide's going to become greater. It's not going to get better. That's why Paul says in Romans 12, 17, don't repay anyone evil for evil. In other words, don't, don't do to them what they've done to you. Rather than demanding payment for the wrong, this is what we want to do. We want to give mercy and grace. Even as God's given mercy and grace to us, so we want to give that mercy and grace to others. You know, there's a scripture in Colossians 3. Colossians 3 verse 13 reads like this. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. The next phrase is this, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. So according to this verse, our forgiveness of others should be in the same fashion in which Christ has forgiven us. So so let me ask you a few questions this morning. Did you have to work to gain God's forgiveness? No. Absolutely not. Here's the second question. Did you deserve God's forgiveness? No. Absolutely not. Here's the third question. When God forgave you, did you ever mess up again? Sure you did. Just like me. Just as God's given us mercy and grace, so we need to choose to give that mercy and grace to others. As long as you are in relationship with other people, they're going to fail you, they're going to injure you, and they're going to disappoint you in some way. So if we're going to maintain healthy relationships in the midst of that, then what does it require? That we are merciful and gracious. Merciful and gracious. So, So rather than... Repaying wrong with wrong. We want, to che- we want to bring grace. We want to bring mercy into this relationship. Here's the fourth step to restoring broken relationships. Humbly take responsibility for your part in the conflict. In other words, let me say it like this. Own your stuff. I don't know why it's so difficult for us to say these simple words. I was wrong. 
my fault. Why, why are we so challenged with that? I think it's the reality of, of pride and arrogancy in our lives that keeps us from oftentimes humbly taking responsibility for our part in the conflict. Oftentimes we, we have a situation where there's a relational breakdown and we're looking at the fault in someone else's life or the fault in the situation and the choices that other people have made while not even beginning to look in the mirror and do our own lives. To ask this question, what part did I have to play in this? See, we're quick, we're quick to point our finger at others. Obviously not you, right? Your neighbor is quick to point their finger at others without even thinking about what might, what might I have done to be a part of this. So instead of just blaming others or quickly finding fault in others, be willing to take responsibility for your part in the conflict. Do what Jesus said in Matthew 7. Jesus says it so plainly. Matthew 7 5 reads like this. First get, first get rid of the log from your own eye. Then perhaps you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. First you're going to what? You're going to look at the log in your own eye. First you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to check your own heart, your own motive, your own attitude. And when you need to own some stuff, listen humbly, humbly embrace your fault, your part in this conflict that's brought the relational breakdown. And I'm telling you, when you humbly embrace, when you humbly own your part of the conflict, it's like it de-escalates the situation. And then you can have healthy conversation. And this is what I'm convinced of. Every one of our relationships at every level could elevate if we just had more humility. I believe it is the critical, it's the critical characteristic in every relationship. Listen, your marriage will be better if you have more humility. Your parenting, your family relationship will be better if there's more humility. Friendships, work relationships, church relationships. Well, we, need, we need this quality of humility to be like Christ. Living that out. So humbly take responsibility for your part of the conflict. Here's the fifth point of, of a device I would give you for restoring broken relationships. And it's this. Attack the problem, not the person. The problem, not the person. Listen, if you attack the person, then this is what you're doing. You're forcing them to be defensive. You're putting them on defense, so they're going to defend themselves. So rather than moving toward healthy restoration, now we have someone who's defending themselves, and you come to a place of stomach, like you can't move this forward. However, if you attack the problem instead of the person, you're more, you're more likely to be able to get to healthy restoration. For, for example... Story I made up, but I see it happening quite often, or things like this. Let's say, for example, there's a gentleman in your workplace, we'll call him Phil. Let's say that, that Phil has an anger problem, and one of his tirades at work, he goes off on you. He says words that are not true, words that cut, words that injure. Um, I mean, he comes... 
He blows into your office. He blows off the steam. He blows out of your office. And you're left like, what just happened? Now you've seen Phil blow up at others in the office, but he's never blown up at you. He's never injured you, but now it's happened. It's not like you can avoid Phil because you're in the same workplace. Every day you're working together as a team. And now you have this strained, broken relationship as a result of Phil's anger problem. Because he has this tendency just to blow up on people. Now, if you went into Phil's office, like let's say 45 minutes has passed, you go into Phil's office and you attack Phil and say something like, Phil, you are a no good, sorry individual. You have absolutely no idea how to communicate with anyone to motivate them. You are a sorry rascal. How many of you know you're probably not going to move toward restoration? Because <laughs> what did you do? You just attacked Phil. But let's say 45 minutes past, you go into Phil's office. You've talked with God before you talk to Phil. 45 minutes have passed, you go into Phil's office, hey Phil, um, can I talk with you? So I know you, a few minutes ago you, you were really angry and as I thought about it, you know, I realized I dropped the ball in a couple places here and I'm so sorry for that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some improvements. But Phil, can I talk with you about what just happened? Like you just came into my office and blew up all over my office and it was pretty hurtful, the words were cutting and... It's not just me. I've seen you do that to several other people in our office relationship. And it, Phil, it's really not healthy. It's not healthy for my and your work relationship. It's not healthy for the team. It's not healthy for our environment. Phil, I really think you have an anger problem. And you need to get some help. Now listen, there's no guarantees. There's absolutely no guarantees that you can always get to restoration. But this is what I can guarantee you. You're more likely to get, rest, to get to restoration of a broken relationship if you attack the problem, not the person. If you attack the person, you're not going to get there. When there's an issue, what we want to attack the problem, not the person. Proverbs 15.1, chapter 15, verse 1 says this. A gentle response diffuses anger. But a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. So when there's a relational breakdown, you want to make sure you're attacking the problem, not the person. And as you confront the issues, hopefully, hopefully you can move toward healthy restoration. You know, I, I, I wish it wasn't true, but it is true. Here's the reality. Wherever you have people, you're going to have problems. I was talking with Jesus about this the other day. I said, Jesus, would you just take care of all the problems? He said, all the people will be gone. <laughs> you won't have a job. <laughs> no, it is a reality. I mean, I, I've been doing pastoral ministry for 27 years. I've been on this planet for 52 years. And what I know is where there's people, there's problems. And also where there's the blessing of relationship. And listen, relationship is a blessing. It's what you were created for. It's what you were wired for. It's God's intention that we would be connected to living out healthy relationship. But where there's the blessing of relationship, there will also be the challenge of broken relationships. That require us to work toward 
restoration. It requires us to, to move from a place of woundedness to a place of health. You know, relationships don't accidentally stay healthy. Marriages don't accidentally stay healthy. Family relationships don't accidentally stay healthy. Church relationships don't accidentally stay healthy. They require ongoing investment and a willingness to address the challenges. It's never easy, never fun, but it's always necessary. So I encourage you, listen, don't go through life just discarding relationships. Now be willing. Be willing to do the work. Be willing to do the work to to invest in the relationship. Make a commitment that as far as it depends on you. Again, you can't force people to reconcile. You can't make restoration happen. But as far as it depends on you, before God, I encourage you to take the first step, to take the point of action. I want to leave you this morning with a verse that we've already looked at. And a question. Here's the verse. Hebrews 12, 14. says, make every effort. Do all you can. Even when you don't feel like it. Make every effort to live at peace with all men. And here's the question. With whom today do you have a broken relationship? And what's going to be your next step of action? Maybe it was 20 years ago. Maybe it was 10 years ago. Maybe it was this past week. But with whom do you have a broken, strained relationship? Maybe you're in a place today where you can say, been taken care of him, been taken care of them, and all is good. And I I celebrate with you, but this next week or sometime in this next month, again, this is what I know. It's life. It's doing life with people. You're going to have a relational crisis. You're going to have a relational breakdown. And my prayer is, is that rather than you running from it, that you'll run to it. That you will do what you need to do to see that broken relationship restored. To see God work in that situation. To turn it around. As I said earlier, listen, relationships can be messy. Relationships can be difficult. This is what I know. We all need help. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray with you this morning. Holy Spirit, we just acknowledge that today. We acknowledge that, wow, we don't always get it right. We, we, we struggle at times when it comes to strained and broken relationships. We admit that oftentimes we see the fault and the failures of others, but we don't clearly see our own faults and failures. So, Holy Spirit, I just invite you, I ask you to help us. To help us be those who do all we can, who make every effort to see broken, strained relationships restored. Lord, I pray for individuals present today, even as we've been talking this this morning lord you brought someone to their mind you brought an issue to their mind or maybe individuals to their mind you've surfaced it so they could deal with it 
So Holy Spirit, I ask today that you give them the wisdom and insight to know what the next step is, that you give them the courage to take that step. Lord, again, I know we can't make others reconcile. We can't force others to restoration. But Lord, as they do their part, Lord, I thank you for how you're going to work in their lives and through their lives. Lord, even how you're going to take these areas of relational breakdown that would look impossible. And how you're going to bring possibility. Because you're the God who, who takes the impossible and, and brings the miraculous out. So Lord, we just commit that to you. So many of these things in life, God, we, we can't fix on our own. We commit it to you. God, I just thank you for how you're going to work through their lives as they take the next step. Whatever that would be for them. And Holy Spirit, thanks for just helping us on a daily basis. Lord, from this point forward, may we deal with broken relationships in a way that honors you, in a way that helps us discover greater health and greater life in life. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.